Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. On Monday, I sat down with two pastors, and it was um, two guys who um, I had never met before, and sat down and had a chat with them. And one of them was um, a senior pastor. He's been in, in ministry for 25 years. And as I sat there with these guys, we uh, were chatting about something to do with um, the regions of the ACC, and Charlie and I have a responsibility of caring for pastors in our movement from Helensburg down to Eden, and it's something that we, we do when we, we connect with pastors and we encourage pastors. And I sat there with these two pastors, and it was the... Uh, the main pastor, the older pastor's meeting. And as we were sitting there talking, I thought to myself, I sense something in the Holy Spirit right now, a stirring in this conversation. And I just went, Holy Spirit, this isn't my meeting. This is his meeting with me. I don't want to hijack it for you. But then I sat there a bit more and I thought, I sense the Holy Spirit doing something. I sense him wanting me to say something. And so I said to this person, I said, I really feel that the Holy Spirit is wanting to say to you that you carry a father's anointing and you are somebody who carries an apostolic fatherly grace, that there are people who look to you in the spirit as a father and your wife as a mother in the spirit. And just as the Apostle Paul said, he said, for every 10,000 teachers, there's only a few fathers therefore be a father and imitate Paul as he is a father to the church and as I was sharing this with this pastor thinking I have no idea if this lines up at all you know those prophetic words you think I've got no idea if this is a home run I don't know if this is way off course but I was as I was talking to him I just kept speaking about this and I gave him a picture of seeing young men lining up you know, to, to thank him and to say thank you for being a father to me. And once, once I finished, he said to me, he said, Benaiah, the funny thing is this morning, my wife and I were talking about this very thing. The very conversation we're having now, we were having in our kitchen this morning. And then I said, oh, that's good. I was like, that's good. And then the other person who was with him said, oh, Benaiah, can I just, can I share something that I feel in my spirit? I said, yeah, go for it. He said, said, I feel like you and Charlie carry a fatherly grace as well. You carry a fatherly apostolic anointing that the Father is saying to you this morning that I've hidden it away from the eyes of people in order to see that when it's not recognised, even when it's not recognised, will you still believe me for it? Even when no one else sees it, do you still say yes to it? And the Father is saying, you've done that and now it's time for you to step into a place of recognition of the fatherly grace you carry in God's kingdom. It was amazing. I sat there in my spirit going, that's it. Something's happening. Something's going on in the spirit right now. In this little, you know, we're sitting there in this little coffee place you know, drinking our lattes, well, they were, I I wasn't, looking out at at the vista, all these people doing all their business around us, and there is a God moment happening, a destiny moment for this senior pastor, and a destiny moment for me and my wife and my family, because that is what we sense. We sense that we have a fatherly grace in the kingdom. God's been speaking to me about this for 18 months. I mentor about 14 young men in this church and they will tell you that I speak to them about this. Whenever we speak now, I speak to them about this subject of becoming a father in, this, in the faith, becoming a father in the spirit. It doesn't matter about your age. It's not an age thing. It's a grace thing. And being a people who aren't the 10,000 teachers necessarily, but are the few fathers in the faith. They are so rare that for every 10,000, there's only a couple. That's pretty big odds, hey? 
And so when you think about fatherhood and when you think about fathers in the, in the spirit and in the church, they are rare and hard to find because people don't recognise what they carry. That's why I, 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 and I said to these two guys, I said, I said, tell me some testimonies of what God's doing across our whole state. And they said, they said, honestly, this right now is the greatest thing that we've seen happening in our state, this moment right now, where there is a supernatural exchange going on, where men of God are sitting there and the Holy Spirit is doing something massive in the hearts of people. And they said, don't depart from your lane speaking to me and Charlie about our lane. Keep leaning in. Even if people don't recognise it, keep leaning in. And, then, and, they, and they said, I'll say one more thing. They said, we feel like there is a... <laughs> this is going to sound a bit strange. They said, from this conversation, we feel like our spirits are pregnant. They said, from this hour of coffee, we feel like we're going to walk away carrying something in our spirit that we didn't carry when we came into this place. This is the power of being led by the Holy Spirit. This is the power of a church who can learn to be sensitive to this leading of the Spirit. It was my honour to be there with these pastors. It was my honour to sit there and listen to them. Yet God used me as a mouthpiece to cause them to walk away and feel like their spirit was impregnated with the life of God. That they would go back to their churches and carry something of weight and value all because of a moment of being led. I have no doubt that part of this is this prayer and fasting moment. This isn't my sermon, by the way. But I feel like we are in a moment as a church. <laughs> Do you sense it? Do you sense the possibilities of God right now? Can you sense that God is doing something greater? Can you sense that God's shaking his church? Can you sense that for your heart, that God is wanting to meet you in a way that you haven't been met with for a long time? Because that is what he is wanting to do. We're not going through the motions as a church. We're not going through, let's just do the prayer and fast. Let's give up this or that. And, and those things are fine. There is a moment where the Father is saying, like I preached last Sunday, Moses was walking and he stopped and looked at the burning bush and it says, when the Father saw him turn his head, then the Father spoke to him and a destiny was formed. We have this moment with the Father for Charlie and I is again saying to us, do you realise what you carry? And not just you, but your church, his church, the church of Jesus Christ, do you realise the weight? We have to remember that this house is not a house of selfishness. It is not a house of whinging. It's not a house of, it's about me and what I want and what I need. We are a house of taking a cup of water and saying, sit down, let me give you some rivers of God. Do you know that this is our house? And so through this prayer and fasting, let our eyes be lifted again that God would cause us to see the greatness of the grace of God on this house. And may we not be those who are dull in the spirit, who didn't see the angels of fire surrounding the armies. Most didn't see that, but only a couple could see what God was doing. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be the one who sees what God is doing and the possibility of God? Or do you want to be the one who is dull in the spirit? Because when we are religious, when we are familiar, we become dull in the spirit. And God says, no, have a heart of expectation. Have a heart of new eyes and new faith for new breakthrough and new purposes and new outpourings. I was praying this week as... Fasting isn't easy. If your fast at the moment's easy, then maybe you should look at what you're fasting. Yeah? <laughs> and I was talking with the father and I felt like he just gave me the picture again 
Do you understand, Benaiah, that this church is a church where people are called to travel to, spend their money, book a flight to come and sit in the atmosphere that they might receive healing? The pastors and leaders who have become crushed by the local church will come into a place of being re-energised and restored according to the kingdom grace that is on this house. Church, do you see it? (laughs) But for us to be that people, we actually have to go to a new level. Do you know this? Can you hear what the Spirit's saying to us this morning? The level of, it's a small church for small-minded people caught on small issues has to be dealt with. This church is not for me and it's not for you. It's for him. And it's for the ministry that he's called this place to carry, which is come into our house, have a seat in the best seat, be our guest and have a cold glass of kingdom water. Your dreams are broken. Come and sit down. Have a nice moment with the Holy Spirit. Your marriage is broken. Sit down. Let's sit in his presence and let's let the Holy Spirit do what only he can do. The atmosphere in this place should be so strong with his presence that when people sit in here, their spirit is impregnated by a kingdom reality. P.S. This is rare in my experience, in our nation today. There are many great churches doing great things, been really busy, but when you sit in their service, you don't get overwhelmed with his presence just because you're in the room. Charlie and I have been in those churches. We've been in the church that does that. We've been in Bethel Church. Just sitting in the room, you're in tears. And God is healing your soul. He is speaking fresh words from heaven. He is healing bodies. Because the room is full of an expectation and a worship level that doesn't exist at the moment in the Aussie culture. Because we are so comfortable. Am I preaching to someone today? We're too comfortable. We are more caught up in Do we like this song? Has the pastor spoke to me after a service? Is the sound, you know, whatever? Is the food good? Is the the temperature whatever? We miss out on the spirit because we're so comfortable in the natural. This is not my sermon, but it is a prophetic moment. can you dream with me for a moment again? And I'm going to go beyond the word dream and say, can you see the reality for a moment? God's reality, which is a church that is hungry for his presence. Church, we're doing two weeks of prayer and fasting. The the worship this morning should have been the most powerful worship we have all ever encountered because we have set aside so far seven days to seek his face what's going on let's do it god can use a bunch of narrow people to impact the globe (laughs) ah narrow ah forgotten down the coast not a big city church not a big sydney church not a big whatever it doesn't matter about that do we have big people Do we have big-spirited people? Do we have a church that says, I will actually get over a fence, get over, you know, things that are holding me back and say, God, I surrender all. I surrender everything of me. I lay down all my pride, all the things that I have that are holding me back, and I say, all for you, Jesus. All for you, Jesus, everything of me for you. May I be so uh, in line with you, Holy Ghost, that when I hear the whisper, when I'm having a latte and I'm with people and I feel like you need to say this, I don't hold back because I'm scared. Or in my my thing, it wasn't that I was scared, it was that I was polite. 
<laughs> now, don't get me wrong, I think we should be polite, but sometimes the Holy Spirit wants you to, to impart something. Sometimes he wants you to do something out of the ordinary. This is a prophetic moment. Do we realise that the worship on this house is not just for our church? Heralding all songwriters, take up your pens again. Take up your, your feathers with ink. Take up your technology or whatever it is you use and write kingdom songs. Because it's not about whether people like your songs or not. It's not about whether it's as good as what you're hearing currently. It's about hearing heaven and saying, I'm going to be a conduit of heaven on earth. Write songs, guys. Teach us. We will be your guinea pigs. If the song isn't good, you'll know it. If the song's great, you'll know it as well. We have to realise, church, that there is a moment of fatherly grace on this house. I met with Noah last week. Where's Noah? Here he is. Not to embarrass you, Noah. I don't, anyone who here has met Noah? Yeah, he's joined our church. He feels like our church is his home. He... Um, he feels, it's like Mark Maharab came down for a work placement and he said, I feel like God's called me, not from, like he's literally, I'm not here for the job, I'm here for the, this house. And he, he rearranged his life, literally gave up opportunity just to be in this house. And God's blessed him. Now he's married to the amazing Haley, and, but it wasn't always that rosy. Like he had to really sacrifice and give up a lot because he felt like this house had a grace that God had called him to. Therefore, his roots become deep. Met up with Noah. Noah comes from the West. Great young man of God. And he's talking and I'm sitting there listening. And I'm like, okay, this is our first sit-down chat. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, what is on this young man? Because for me, I, I... I'm always looking at what is the river in you? What is the river in him? What is the river of God in you? And what can I do to cause that river to flow with power? Remember the Bible says we have rivers of living water in us. So whenever I speak to people, you've got to understand my filter. And this is an insight into my, my spirit and the way I work. I'm thinking rivers. Not the shop. I'm thinking rivers, the people. Even, and you've got to understand, I work prophetically. So even in this place, I look at, I can, I can see all these faces. But what I can actually see, as much as I see your faces, is a bunch of rivers. And some of the rivers here have actually dammed up. You've, you stop the flow of God and God's saying it's time for you to let the river flow. And some of your rivers have got some debris. Maybe there's a beaver trying to come and trying to create a dam situation. Maybe there's an offense, maybe there's a hurt, maybe there's a doubt or a fear and it's coming to... Tr- God says, cause the rivers to flow again. Okay, so, sorry, AV and Pastor Joel helped me with my structure this week for my message. We can do it a different time, but this is happening. I sat there with Noah and I could, I'm just thinking, Holy Spirit, what's the river? What is the river on this young man? What is it he brings that's going to cause... Change because you know the Grand Canyon was created by a river. Yeah. <laughs> and if you remember our anointing service, was it that service or was it around then? There was a prophetic moment of talking about rivers that change spiritual landscapes. Yeah, yeah? who remembers that? Yeah. that? That's your river, that's our river. And the great thing about all these little rivers is that they flow into a big river. Yeah. That's what the corporate anointing is for the house. It is all these rivers that join together and say, together, like if you went down today and tried to stop the Shalhaven River by building a little sand 
wall, a little sand defense wall with a little shovel and spade, good luck to you. You can't stop the flow of that river. Yeah? That is the power of God's house. Back to the story. Sat down with Noah. And Noah, do you mind if I share a little bit of your testimony? Is that okay? At some point, I'll get Noah up here to share it because it's amazing. I'm thinking, why is there, he's 24. I'm like, why is he speaking as though he's 54? I'm talking about in the, in, in the, in the spirit. Like, why is he speaking as though he is a mature man of God when he's just naturally a 24-year-old? And Noah says, well, he says, I, got, I met Jesus in year 7, and in year 10, do you mind if I say this? In year 10, you can say no, by the way. It's okay. And he says, in year 10, I had a stroke. And he couldn't move half of his body. And for 18 months, he felt like it was just him and Jesus. <laughs> there is something about being in a place of extreme discomfort and all you have is God, that a maturity and a strength and a boldness and a river because he had every opportunity to go, where are you, God? I turn my back on you. I feel bitter. I should be out. I'm in year 10. I should be out with my friends. I'm stuck in a hospital bed away from everyone. Rehab for 18 months. And all that he had, he felt, was God. And I literally said to him, oh, it makes sense now. Oh, it actually, okay, there's the missing puzzle. That when you're speaking, I hear a weight in your spirit that is beyond what I see in the natural this is the challenge of anyone who's younger. You've got to remember, when I took on the church, I was 33. Literally had people say to me, let's see what you got. Literally. Like older people. Let's see, let's see, okay, let's see. And then months later, I thought you didn't have much to say, but I realised there's something on you. Well, it wasn't encouraging at the start, but I'll take it now. <laughs> it's because we get caught in the natural we get caught in what we can see. Let's break it down for our church. We get caught in, is it too hot today for church? Is the beach a better option? Am I too busy to be in connect group and to be in a place of community? Am I too busy to, to serve and do, and we get caught in all these things which are just natural blah, blah things. They don't matter. Not when there's people dying to go to church, literally today, people overseas who are dying, literally, to be in God's house. Some of those Africa reports at the moment where there's Christians meeting and then they have yeah, military come in and just kill every church member just for uh, sitting together in God's house. Imagine for us, would you be here if that was a possibility? Would I be here if my son was going to potentially be killed by meeting with God's house? Oh, that's a big question. I can't even give you the answer. I want to say yes, but really? And so I bring us back to this bigger picture. <clears throat> and I know I haven't used any scripture yet. Trust me, I've got a lot of scriptures that are sitting here. Actually, let's turn to Matthew 17. Again, Chloe, sorry about this. We'll just go straight to Matthew 17, verse 19. It's just a prophetic moment on our house. That fan's actually good, Paul. Yeah, it's fine. Thank you. Has anyone met Paul Isaacs? Paul, Paul is a pre-med student. Oh, med student, sorry. Med student. So if you have any rashes... <laughs> Matthew 17, verse 19 says this. And I'm reading in the New King James Version. It says... Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Now what happened was the disciples are out casting out demons in Jesus' name. And they come across this situation where they actually can't do it. And Jesus says to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. 
However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Oh, oh. Very interesting. We see from this example that there are some things, some breakthroughs, and some demonic things that you will never overcome bar through prayer and fasting. These disciples were out there using the name of Jesus. But there was still something about the power of prayer and fasting. The supernatural moment we're in as a church right now, let's not miss it, let's not miss it, is this. We are literally saying, God, we are prayer and fasting. We are doing a unified devotional. We are creating prayer moments. We're creating moments in our spirit. Lord, we are seeking your face. And God says, do you understand that there are certain breakthroughs that can only happen through your prayer and fasting. The exciting thing with that is this. When you pray and fast, expect breakthroughs that you've never encountered before. And if you've never prayed and fasted, get on the bandwagon and join us. Because there are certain things that you will miss out on bar through prayer and fasting. So Charlie and I have been doing prayer and fasting and... We've been, it's been hard. We've talked about it at home. Not to lose our reward because you meant to do it in secret, but we'll give you our example. We're going, oh, today's like, yes, like, especially like the weekend or, you know, finishing work and whatever. And it's like, okay, this is, this is going to cost us. But spiritually, there has been this sense in my heart of this, like, it's like, yesterday I got home and my son had a magnifying glass and he thought it was the most funny, hilarious thing ever. He's going up, Daddy, he's looking at, and then he's doing his, his eye and he's looking at, and it's cute and it's funny and he's just, he's got this magnifying glass and then it's like in the spirit right now, there's like a magnifying glass from the Father. Yeah. To the point for us, I don't know if you sense this, where our prayers we feel like are so potent that we are careful about how we word our prayers. How amazing. So the flippant prayers, we're not, okay, when I pray right now, I feel like I have an audience with the Father. We always have audience, but I feel like there's like a, a supercharging that's happening, a magnifying glass moment that's happening. And then we see in the scripture it says that this breakthrough can't happen unless you pray and fast. I wonder for our church what the breakthrough is, because I believe there is a breakthrough, by the way, happening over our church right now. So pray for our church. When we, like, pray and go for it. Because I love here how Jesus, he, he compares it with faith. He says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to a mountain, it will be moved, and nothing will be impossible for you. Also, just so you know, this demon doesn't come out by prayer and fast, but unless you pray and fast. So I think what the Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning, which is not the notes. The notes were beautiful. It was a good sermon. But, but God's messing it up. And this is what I think he's saying to us. Do you have faith? Do you actually believe? Do you have faith? Because prayer and fasting is definitely the key. But unless you believe, listen, do you have faith for you? Do you have faith for you to see mountains moved? We have to remember here, it actually says, it says, if you have faith and you speak it, if you say to the mountain, be moved, nothing will be impossible for you if you believe. Okay, what I sense more is that's one little bit, this is the big bit. I actually think we actually have to repent as a church. Because 
the greatness of God's call has gone out, but we have not grasped it in our hearts yet. The greatness of the Father call on this church is bigger than a church just for me. Repentance means humility. It means a laying down of self to take up what he has. This is more of a Wednesday night moment, but obviously it's happening this morning. Listen, have have we gotten comfortable and slid back into the place where we have a church is about me mentality? Have we forgotten that the grace on this church is to be a well? And I'm talking to by if you're new here, it's grace. If you're new here, you might not understand what I'm saying. But for our regular church people, have we forgotten that when we took on the church five years ago, coming up to five years in June, that the grace on our house from the start and even the preceding us was to be a place where nations would come and sit to encounter heaven. There are people in our church today who we see this happening with. They've joined our church and God has restored them. God has healed them. They were crushed in spirit. And God said, come and sit. And we've told them, literally, sit. Because often they've been burnt out from working too hard. Come into our church and don't even do anything. Sit. Until you feel like you can walk again. We have that. We don't publicize it, but we have that. We have people in this room right now who are a testimony of that by the grace of God. And it's a taste test prophetically of who we're called to be as a corporate church. But unless in our own spirits we get a hunger that we've never had, then we learn to facilitate the Holy Spirit in a way that we never have, we will never become the place that will be a well of refreshing for nations. We have to allow our hearts to be wrecked and to be broken. We have to allow a softness to fill our hearts again, church. There needs to be a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, which maybe we used to have, but maybe we've gotten calloused. At the moment, God's taking me on this journey of the softness of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, the prompting of Him and the beauty of His leading, knowing Him in the most intimate way, just being so overwhelmed by His beauty. Nothing else matters right now. What matters is that we are so led and in tune. We have to tune in. You don't go home and watch a fuzzy TV. Prophetic moment right now, just... Hands up for the prophetic people in the room. Listen to this. Listen, this is the picture. We've been a church that's been fuzzy. We've been a people that's been fuzzy. We love Jesus. We love each other. We're doing all these great things. But there is a clarity that God wants to bring. There is a clarity in the spirit that God wants to bring as a house where we know who we are, we know what we carry, we know where we're going, and we know what the Holy Spirit has graced us to be and to do. This is the anointing of God upon our church. You would never go home and sit in front of a fuzzy TV. This is a great show, honey, isn't it? Pass the popcorn. Let's look at the fuzz together. Well, these days it's a black screen, isn't it? It's not even fuzzy, it's just black. Nothing's on the screen. Input might come off. You don't sit there and do that because you're watching, giving your attention for what you're going to receive. What you're going to take in. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is great. So the Holy Spirit says, okay, Celebration Church, you've been doing great. You're a great church. You're a loving church. We're a blessed church. I say to our staff all the time, I don't understand why our church isn't overflowing every week because we have great worship. We have a great kids program. We have great teaching. We have great people. Well, God, break it off. Break off the ceilings. Get the good news out. But it's like God's saying this morning, by his loving grace and mercy and his love for us. Come on, that's just... Let's, t- let's, let's tune it in. Yeah. 
to not forget the prophetic anointing. To not forget that people will come, not in just small little ways, but in big ways, to sit and they'll sit next to you and you'll say, where are you from? Oh, we're actually from California. And we came all the way here because we heard God's doing something. Oh, really? Have you ever seen a kangaroo? No. Come over to my house, Asavo. I'm going to show you some. Listen, this sounds weird, but this is exactly what's going to happen if we lay a hold of what God is saying. Okay, that's all good and dandy. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We honor that. But how do we apply it? Okay, we have a week of prayer and fasting. Let's actually really see God in a fresh way. Let's ask him as a church together. God, wreck us and use us. God, we surrender all to you. God, work beyond our small mentalities. God, come and move greater than what the narrow expectation is. And just because it isn't happening in our state doesn't mean it can't happen here. Let this place be a well. And I don't really mind who... I don't, I, I, I don't mind who, what, where, how... As long as the presence of God is in this place... And pe- Someone said to me once, they're a weirdo, but they said it to me. They said, out there they see a fountain in the spirit then they said you have to build a fountain and I went no I don't think we do have to build a fountain but there is true that there is a spiritual under the ground spring thank you one of my shows that my son and I watch is Outback Truckers are there any Outback Trucker fans in the house my son loves trucks. He loves, he always, he's just such a boy. Oh, sorry, if you're a girl who loves trucks, awesome. But he's like, loves trucks. So, and we're watching it yesterday. Normally it's the last hour before he goes to bed, so it's the witching hour. I don't know why they call it that, but it's the tough hour between dinner and bed. Come on, let's snuggle on the couch. Let's watch Outback Truckers. And there was this couple on there, literally this week, and every time they're on the camera, they are like covered it in like, it's like an inch of dust. And she's an uptown girl. Maybe if you've seen a show, you know what I'm talking about. And what they do as a family is they dig, they go out to outback properties to find water under the ground. That's what they do. The farmer pays them good money to come and find the water source on our property. And on the surface, it's literally just dust. And they go out and they've learned, they've got these big rigs that go down and dig deep and sometimes, and they're waiting there, sometimes it just spits dust and they get smashed by it. But every now and then, they hit water and it's like all the dust gets swept away and they just get hit by water and the celebration, especially for them because they get paid, the celebration for the farmer because where it looked barren, there was actually a mighty reservoir under the surface. Oh, there's a bunch of outback truckers in the room today. Listen, because this is what the enemy does. Look at the natural. Look at this. Look at Lily. Look at the Sunday. Look at the practical. Look at, and God says, you've missed the reservoir of the greatness of the Spirit of God. <laughs> and so he says, dig deeper. Dig deeper. And we get some dust that flies up. Keep digging. Because I've told you through your senior pastors, there is a reservoir for those who are hungry. And it's not just for me. It's for the nations. It's for our kids of our nations. It's for the youth of the nations. It's for the families of the nations. It's for the people of the kingdom greater than narrow to come into a place and go, oh, give me a drink. And we say, and because this is our church, we say, hey, welcome. I am a professional cup bearer. God, there is a river here. Have a drink. Just, you sit down, sit down. Don't, don't, don't get up. Don't. You sit, just you and your family. Let, let me just bless you. Let me honor you. Let me, let me encourage you. Let me prophesy over you. Let me pray with you. you know, and it starts though today with the new family here and you don't get caught up in your regular 
relationships where you say, hey, hey, hey I'm a professional cupbearer. Hey, hey, can I sit with you? Can I sit down. Hey, let me bless you. Can I buy you lunch? Can I get you coffee? Do you want to, you know, the reason why I use Nora Gavis out with youth in the moment, but the, the reason why he stayed in our church, it's such a God thing. He had planned to get, check out two churches. He found them on the internet. One had a night service, and we didn't have a night service. We had a morning service. Okay, well, I'll go here first. He comes to our church, sits in our service. God does something, and then Tong and the young adults say, come out to lunch with us. For the rest of the afternoon, he's just hanging out with our awesome church family. He never got a chance to go to the other church. It still hasn't. Those young guys had an opportunity just to speak to who they already speak to, to speak to our usual church family. No, instead they went, hey, let's go out, let's take her to a cafe, and let's go out and get a coffee, and let's just hang out. And God says, that's it. Yeah. That. Yeah. Professional cupbearers. Kingdom, sorry, I'm going to change it. Kingdom cupbearers. So how do we apply it, church? Here, we dig deep. We dig deep in our spirits. I'm speaking to all the intercessors here, all the prayers. P.S., that's everybody. (laughs) It's their job to pray, not mine. It's all our jobs to pray. Intercessors just pray more than you, and we love them. So keep praying. We dig deep, and then we practice being kingdom cupbearers. We get here on Sunday expectant. We get here ready. We get here saying, God, we've been waiting all week for this. There is an anointing when the corporate gathering happens that only happens when two or more are gathered. So I'm expecting an outpouring today. And then when you see that new person, you don't go, oh, awkward. Should I say something at lunch on Monday? Should I say something to the pastor? It's his meeting. I don't want to be rude. No, no. Holy Spirit, I'm ready. Because you don't know. You don't know what their family's going through. And you don't know what their soul's going through. And you don't know what their marriage might be going through. And you don't know what physical thing they might be trying to carry. And you go, hey, let's sit down and have a coffee. Let's have a milkshake. Let's have a healthy kombucha. Let's do something together. Because when we do that, I am being what my senior pastor told me to be, a cupbearer of the rivers of God, which is under the surface of our church. And I will not miss my opportunity. A lot of us, unfortunately, will miss God moments because we're too focused on things that don't matter. We're too distracted. We're too unteachable. We're just dull in our spirit. But there are some. There are the Joshuas and the Calebs, those who will be different. And my prayer is that we're all that. Who are you going to be? If that's you, turn to your neighbour and say, I'm going to be that. I am a kingdom cupbearer. Oh, Lord. Listen, I do feel this word. I just feel like the word repent is really important. But I think that we have actually, God's thrown us things. And I think we've actually, we haven't caught it the way he wants us to. And it's not to make us feel bad, it's to make us realise the moment in the kingdom. I'm going to say it one more time. This church is not me at the front right now. This church is not the neighbour next to you in the physical. This church has a supernatural fire army that wraps around it. This church is an apostolic center. And on Monday, when that prophetic moment happened in that cafe, 
I tell you, God is bringing us into a new season, a new breakthrough anointing, a new breakthrough moment, a new moment of intimacy with him. And it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's to manifest in how we love each other, how we love the new people, how we love the broken, how we, how we, how we honour his presence. Guys, how are we going with honouring his presence? How are we going in our own lives when it comes to hosting his beautiful presence? How many times a day are we praying, oh Lord, I just sense your presence. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. In my workplace right now, Lord, I just honour your presence. In my family, in the turmoil right now, I I stop and I honour your presence. I stop and I see the burning bush in the midst of the ordinary. I see and I turn and I see what you're saying. Lord, I stop and honour your presence. Because guys and girls, if we can be that today, our church will be different and our church will be set apart. And I will say one more thing prophetically. What will happen is this. You have a river in you, but if this church is your church home, part of the reason it's your church home is because the river in you matches the river of this church. Not everyone is actually meant to be in this church. There's other churches with other rivers. That's why it's important to go, Holy Spirit, where have you planted me? Those who are planted in the house of God will flourish. But the great thing about having that river in you, the river of being a well of refreshing, a well of God, is that when it happens and you flow in that river, you come alive. That's the cool thing about it. The grind disappears because you feel like, on Monday when I sat with those pastors and I spoke those things, I felt my spirit coming alive. This morning I'm speaking a prophetic message which I encourage you to get the podcast and listen to again to catch it, like repeat, put it on repeat until you get it. Because it's not just words right now, it's his words speaking. And he's saying way more than what I'm saying. I'm giving you like little tiny morsels. He's giving you a big meal right now if your spirit is tuned in. Oh, prophetic people in the room with your antennas. I hope you're hearing that. Yeah, why don't you do this? Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? We have to put our antennas into the frequency of kingdom, into the frequency of heaven. Listen, we reflect the world we're most aware of. If you're writing any notes, write that one down. We reflect the world that we are most aware of. So right now, if you're feeling worried, overwhelmed, all this stuff is because you are more aware of that world than his world of peace. We have to zone into heaven. But God says this morning, in conclusion... He says, who may I send? Like he said to the prophet, who can I send? And the prophet said, Lord, send me. Send me. I'm not perfect and I don't have all the answers and I'm trying to work it out, but Lord, send me for your kingdom. And God says, I will send you. Oh, okay, so the prophetic river's flowing. Listen, some of us have had words. Here's a, here's, a, here's a big one. Have been given words in their life about going to nations. You know the fulfillment of that word primarily is going to be nations coming to you. <laughs> there'll be someone next to you and they'll be from some country and, and, and you connect with them and you minister to them and then God says, and you remember, oh, that's right, God spoke to me about going to Asia. God spoke to me about going to Africa. God spoke to me about, I have a ministry, but I just had that. Because he's going back to his nation and I just ministered to him. The prophetic word will be fulfilled, but it might not be on the mission field of Africa. It might be people coming here. 
God sent me to nations and God says, I want to send nations to you. Can you hear it? Can you hear what the Spirit is saying? What does the writer say to the, to the, to the, early, to the letters to the church? That those who hear, that those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Let us hear God. Let us hear God. All right. So how do we respond to this? We've got seven days of prayer and fasting. Prayerfully consider how you can play a part in that. Charlie, can you come up here? Number one, don't be soft on this. Seek God this week. Number two, let's remember the calling of God over this house let's remember the greatness of that calling and let's say Lord send me and let's take a moment to I think repent in our hearts if if we're sitting here and I'm part of this group and I'm a senior pastor so if I'm part of it there's a good chance you're a part of it where I thought the church has become about me. When it's not about me. It's about him. And it's about taking what he has called us to bring and giving it to others. So I will be uncomfortable for the sake of him. And I've said it to you before, and I'm going to say it with confidence. When you don't have a seat in this church anymore, physically, what are you going to do? Tell you what I'd do? I would cry tears of joy. Because our church is becoming all that it's called to be. And then I'd go to Bunnings and buy a lawn chair and I would sit somewhere on that. <laughs> Probably at one of these windows here. And listen to what God is doing. Awesome. Hi, church. Sorry. <laughs> Wake you up. Um, I just think the only thing that I felt in my spirit, I think that the Holy Spirit is putting the call out um, to go deeper and to rise to a new level. And I think the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit, the beautiful thing about Jesus, is that he gives us those invitations But then it's up to us to take hold of it and say yes and amen. He will never push. He's not not arrogant in that way that he'll force you into doing something that you don't want to do. But he puts the invitation out. And I think this morning everything that's been said prophetically is the Holy Spirit again. It's invitation to say will you go deeper and will you allow yourself to rise to a new level. So... He's asking you that, not the person next to you, not your husband or your wife, which I think so easily with you go, oh, they should be listening to this or I hope that they're like for you this morning. What are you going to do with the invitation to go deeper and to rise to a new level in your own heart? I think that's really cool. Well, I just, I also just see a picture of it's, it's time for us to unblock the flow of God. I've already spoke to the songwriters. It's time for you to unblock that creative stream that comes out of you. For our entrepreneurs in the room, for some of you, it's time for you to step out in faith. For the prophetic people in the room, it's time for you to start to prophesy again. And do it under accountability. Do it with, do it well. But it's time for you to start to flow, like on Monday I did with those pastors, start to flow in the promptings of the Spirit again, in the building up of the body according to that prophetic flow. There are people here with hospitality gifts. It's time for you to flow. There are people here with care, pastoral gifts. It's time for you to care in a fresh way. What am I trying to say? I'm giving us all permission 
again, not that it's up to me to give it, but for our church, as the senior pastors, we give it, to let those rivers of expression flow. Yeah? Because when we do that, the rivers join together and it becomes this mighty, mighty flow. So, why don't we stand to our feet? I'm just going to pray into this because I just, it's a moment for our church right now. And I just, I just think we should take a moment where David says this. King David said, search my heart, O God. Show in me what's basically any way in me that's not of you. Reveal it to me. And just in your hearts right now, including Charlie and I, we're going to do this right now. And if you're on podcast, do this as well. Take a moment just to say, Lord, is there anything that I should be flowing in or is there a river that I feel like has been blocked up? And if there's been a blockage in the river of God in you where you don't feel like there is a mighty flow of kingdom coming through you, that in this moment, just say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to get rid of the blockage. We get rid of the blockages. We get rid of the things that hold back the flow of kingdom. And we call out of every person the mighty rivers of God, the mighty flow of heaven. And where fear has tried to stop that, where doubt has tried to stop that, Lord, where hurt and unforgiveness has tried to stop that, we just declare the mighty rivers of God. And I pray that Celebration Church would be a pioneer church in helping other churches unblock their rivers. Lord, let us just let us go deep into the reservoir of your mighty kingdom. And Lord, I just say on behalf of our church, well, we repent of taking lightly the greatness of the call of this house. You have called us to nations, yet we have limited you to self. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would forgive us and help us to have mustard seed-sized faith to see the rivers of God flow through this humble little church in South Nara to impact the nation and the nations of the world. Help us, Holy Spirit, because even now, I feel like people are trying trying to get it and they are struggling Holy Spirit, it's okay. Help us. Help us. This week as we pray and fast, help us. Break free from the things that bound us. From the sin that so easily entangles, from the distractions, and help us fix our eyes on you. And I prophetically declare with all that I am in God's kingdom that we are a mountain-moving church. And we are a people who might look on the outside as just everyday people, but we are kingdom people. And we will be used by God to impact this city and this nation and the nations. And even when others mock or others don't understand, we say we will stand and we will take our eyes and place them onto you. Let the river flow, Lord. Let the rivers flow in this church. I pray over our songwriters, Lord. Again, it comes in my spirit. Cause a fresh sound. May they be in tune with heaven. In tune with what what you're saying. I call to the psalmist to rise up. To write spiritual songs. Songs that set the prisoners free. Paul and Silas were set free from prison due to the worship of God's people. That is the worship we're called to carry. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Help us. Lord, we love you, we honour you. I pray for Charlie and I as the senior pastors, help us. I pray for, I just pray for, I pray for prayer warriors, Lord. That every week we take time to pray for our family. 
pray for us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Amen. Give us the wisdom that we need to lead your people and help us in our weaknesses. Help us, Lord. We need more of you. And teach us to be cup-bearing people as a church. Kingdom cup-bearers. In Jesus' name. Oh, a bit of a prophetic morning, hey? It is very good. And that's our grace. That's our grace. That's the grace of our church. And he's training us in-house so that those come in. Because they don't need me and Charlie to sit down and give them a word that would change their life. They need the people of God to do it. It's you. Being led by the Spirit. So we're just going to, just we love you guys. We're going to release you guys now. If you want more prayer, come down. We'll hang out down the front for a few minutes. But be blessed, guys. And we'll see you next week in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.